1: TV Podcast. I'm Jordan from Jersey, joined this week by Jim Dietz and Richard. How you guys doing?
0: Doing great. You uh, you guys want some of this barbecue?
1: <laughs> no, I think, I, I think I'll think i be it's fine. It's real good. I got some granola bars hanging around here in my book bag. I think, I think that'll sustain me.
2: It's too bad they didn't take Sasha, too, so they could have had some sash kebab to go with it.
1: Oh. <laughs> So this week we're talking about uh, season five, episode two of *The Walking Dead*: *Strangers*, directed by David Boyd and written by Robert Kirkman himself. So before we even get into the uh, into the plot synopsis, what do you guys think of the episode in general?
2: You know, at at, at first. I'd say through the first half of it, I was like, you know, I mean, it wasn't bad, but I was just kind of like, please tell me that we're building to something because there was a little bit of a lull. I think the pacing for the episode overall was good. It just, I don't know, in the middle, it kind of drugged for a minute. But, man, did it pay off at the end. Uh, (laughs) I, I, wow. And, you know, if I didn't already know Kirkman wrote it, I would have known Kirkman wrote it because that's the way it, it's almost just like he would end a comic book, which I think he did end a comic book that way.
1: I want to say issue sixty three ends exactly the way this episode ends. Yeah. Well, it was very, very, very similar. It's a different
2: character, but, right? Uh, so it
0: was, it's something we've seen on the show before, like a very similar staging or tableau, but a different situation getting there. Like we saw that with the government, the governor attacking the prison. You know, that, that was a good example of that. Um, something from the comic but not arrived at the way it was in the comic uh, i guess would be the yeah. best way to put it but yeah i thought it was an awesome episode really strong the only thing i didn't under the the exposition at the beginning was i didn't really think was needed because a lot of that stuff got covered in the body of the episode in the dialogue um but other than that i thought it was a really strong episode uh i i didn't know kirkman wrote it until after i'd watched it and um after that i was like oh well that does make sense because it is written in that kind of more of a kirkman-esque dialogue of of a tone to me anyway you know than than your average episode but i thought it was really strong and and, you know what a what a what what an ending wow
1: (laughs) well i liked it quite a bit too i mean I, i did not talk about this last week um for comic book spoiler reasons and just because it wasn't important but as much as i liked last week's episode i think i gave it a five out of five um I was a little disappointed for reasons not of what was on screen but what wasn't on screen and that's in that this seemed to be one of my favorite storylines from the comics, uh, Beware the Hunters, but it also seemed like they kind of did 25% of it and then they went a different direction, and I was like, okay, I wish we'd gotten to see that favorite storyline. But was, what was on screen was really cool, and I'm not going to penalize it for not having something I wanted. That's not fair to the show. That said, this episode, like you said, it was a little bit of a calm before a storm, you know, a little bit of a lull there in the middle. Um, and then, man, it looks like they're going to do my one of my favorite storylines, and it looks like they're going to do it pretty close. So... Um, they, they, they fooled me and I'm very thrilled about that. I mean, who knows? Maybe it will go a completely different direction again next episode, but I was very happy to see how this episode ended as much as I love Bob, um, because I, like I said, it's one of my favorite storylines from the comics and, uh, it was really, really cool to see it on screen. And
0: I, I just, um, I mean, one of the things, the hallmarks of this show has been taking like really cool elements from the comic and kind of mix and matching, Um, You know, doing their own thing with them. And uh, like you said, you know, we got the hunters, you know, again, a different way than we did before. Um, I'm I'm excited to see this, too. It's really cool to see these things play out and, you know, with different elements, you know, kind of shuffled around. I'm not entirely sure that the slow motion walking
2: scenes were necessary. Not that they weren't cool.
0: You're talking about right in the beginning?
2: Yeah, but if you're going to have slow motion scenes like that walking, they need to be walking away from some sort
0: of an explosion. (laughs) <laughs> and not looking at the explosion at all. Yeah. Like Denzel Washington style. It, it's know. funny
1: you say that, because I actually really liked those slow motion reveal scenes in the beginning. I, I thought it was neat to see the characters' heads pop up above the ground and stuff.
2: Yeah, I mean, I they didn't bother me. I'm just playing around. I'm just saying that. Oh, gotcha. If you're, you're going to have slow-mo, you got to have explosions in the background. So. <laughs>
1: Well, shall we get into the actual plot of the episode, gentlemen? Sure. Alrighty, like I said, written by Robert Kirkman, directed by David Boyd. This is Season 5, Episode 2, Strangers. And we begin, like we were just talking about, with those kind of slow-motion shots of them walking up uh, above the horizon line. And kind of filling us in on a little bit of the details here and there. Um, I believe right there in the beginning is where we get um, Rick and... Tara's conversation about uh, her complicitness in the governor's attack on the prison or lack of complicitness but at least her presence there um, they come to terms with that which was very nice
0: it seemed like this episode was taking since you know the group is now all finally together it seems like it was able to take like do like some house cleaning uh, as far as plot lines and and you know who knows what about who and you know what I mean it kind of took the 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 opportunity that it had with the whole group gathered together to do that I thought that was that was smart after everything that happened last, last episode to bring them ever And it was together. an
1: extension of last episode as well in that, you know, it's these characters kind of, not, I don't want to say forgiving each other, but at least just, like, everybody's on the same page now. We're back to that well-oiled machine that we had seen at the beginning of, uh, I guess it was season three and, and into season four, where it's just they know the roles, they know what they're doing, they know what everybody else is doing. And even if they had their disputes or whatever in the past, they're cool with each other. You know, they're back to being a family, like Rick refers to them at least once in this episode.
2: I'm really glad that they didn't continue to have uh, tension between Tara and, and Maggie. You know, because right. they, they easily could have, and that could have been something very, very soap ish that they could have drug out for episodes. And I actually, I kind of expected them to, and I'm, I'm glad they didn't. Um, and and these scenes right and here it's something in past
1: seasons they might have, you know, stretched out for episodes, right. and episodes, and
2: episodes. Right, and 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 I, I really the, uh. The watch exchange between Carol and Rick and that whole dialogue and and back and forth was very well written, very well shot, and very well acted. I I was pretty impressed with that scene.
1: And speaking of the watch exchange, we should probably probably mention now, we had a bunch of listeners uh, uh, comment in. Some wrote to me directly, some put it on the Facebook page. But yes, indeed, uh, that was uh, Carol's watch and Rick's watch were the watches we saw tonight but, uh, you know, the watch she pulled out of the, the group of uh, the pile of stuff from Terminus. Um, Rick, Rick had given his watch to Sam, the hippie who died last episode, and she had given her watch to Rich. So all the watches are p- back where they be- well, not back where they belong, since I guess she refused to take the watch back. But we know where all the watches are and whose they were now. So thank you, listeners, for giving us all that information, because I had completely missed that.
0: <laughs> the Walking Dead Watch Watch. We'll we'll, be bringing back
1: Jordan's Jacket Corner because uh, I missed that segment. But so that night, uh, Daryl and Carol are guarding the camp, um, and. They hear noises off in the woods. Daryl thinks that someone's watching them. We actually do see someone just barely walk by camera from the distance, so it's clear to us as the audience that, yes, someone is watching them, whether it's a zombie or a human. We, we don't know exactly who at the moment, but, yes, Daryl thinks someone's watching them. And, and I believe the next day he tells Rick as well. And so they're on their guard as they walk through the woods.
2: I was kind of thinking that that was going to be Morgan. Um, but then, I mean, another few minutes into the episode, I thought, well, wait a minute. <laughs> well,
1: well, speaking of Morgan, I i don't remember where I saw this. It was either on Facebook or, you know, again, uh, we, we get lots of information from our listeners all over the place. So it kind of blends together in the end. But, um, you know, we had talked about last week how it seemed like Morgan, you know, was coming there just, you know, a day or two later because he had seen the sign and there's still the mud on it. But according to someone, I want to, Kirkman or or Gameport, somebody associated with the show, it, it, it was, was actually like a month later that he yeah, was there. So
2: it was Nicotero. Uh, Nicotero mentioned it somewhere.
1: Okay, thank you. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, why well, I agree with you? It could have been Morgan at least had we not known that information. Now knowing that he's a month behind them, which is a little weird to me. Um, Probably a lot less likely, and of course, I think by the end of the episode, we're, we pretty much know who it was, I guess, although I guess there are still several options, um, given the events of the episode, but we, we can get into that
0: later. I just thought the implication was that um, um, Gareth's group were stalking them the whole time.
1: That's, that's certainly, I think, the biggest contender, but could it also be the people in the car that stole Beth, um, or it could be a completely unknown third party, or it could be Father Gabriel, you know? Speaking of Father Gabriel, as they're walking through the woods there and being quite cautious, they hear a man screaming for help, and Carl talks his dad into going to check on it, and they find Father Gilliam... Uh, Father, Father Gilliam... Uh, Father... Um Gabriel, played by Seth Gilliam, sorry, I'm getting my names confused here, screaming for help, he's up on top of a kind of fake-looking rock, actually. I think it might have been a real rock, but it was just one of those rocks that looks like paper mache As a bunch of walkers uh, surround him and claw at him, they kill the walkers, and they save him, but they are very suspicious of this man in full uh, preacher garb, Reverend Garb. I don't know exactly which uh, denomination you'd say that get-up is, but you know, the classic black suit, white collar.
0: The, something that's interesting that he meant, he, said, he claims that he's never killed any walkers or people, like, since everything right. went down. And that is, like, I don't know, I thought that was what begins to make Rick incredulous of him.
1: I think Rick was incredulous of him long before that, Yeah, but that just kind of cemented it in his mind.
2: Rick got very creepy for a little bit in this episode. Not that I don't blame him, but he just... It's earned creepy. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. yeah. I, I'm I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying, wow.
0: <laughs> if it was out of the blue creepy with nothing that that you know to to explain why, you know, then then it would be one thing. But it's like Jordan said, it's earned creepy. <laughs> well, I'm thinking we're finally
2: getting the Rick that we've wanted to see now. I think I'd agree with that.
1: This is, you know, prototypical comics Rick. Although I mean, comic Rick has gone through as many changes as TV show Rick over the years. It's just this is the one people tend to gravitate more towards. Um, you know, a game Rick who's not going to take anybody's guff.
0: Right.
1: So they follow uh, Father Gabriel. I'm just going to call him Gabriel from now on. Sorry, folks. No disrespect meant. But they follow Gabriel back to his church. Um, they investigate, and Gabriel gives his kind of side of the story, which is. Um, Right before the zombie apocalypse happened, they were having their annual food drive at the church, um, and it was like the day he was going to take it to the food bank bank is when everything went down, so he had all this food left over, you know, canned food, so it was non-perishable or at least would last for a really long time at the church, and that's what he's been surviving off of. It's starting to dwindle down, so he's been doing supply runs, but that's how he's avoided zombies, that's how he's avoided having to deal with too many people. Um, There's still a lot of questions about whether that is true or not, and we'll get into them as the episode moves along, but that's at least his story, and he's sticking to it.
2: My only thing with the whole Gabriel deal, and it's just from being a fan of the comic, is I... While there were some little surprises here and there, because it was like, oh yeah... Um, I kind of knew where things were going, you know, and I really wanted some things to be different, which, but it, I will tell you this, this is the second week in a row that I have to take my hat off to Grace Walker and the amazing job he does with the sets and the set design, because that church looked like it came right out of the book.
1: And it was built from scratch, according to Talking Dead. Uh, Yeah, like
2: six... They did it in like six weeks or something like that.
1: Right, right. Which I'm assuming means they'll be spending at least a couple episodes there. Because you don't put that much time into something like that if it's only going to be for one episode where you can just find any church anywhere, you know. But I will say, you know, echoing off of what you're saying, Rich, about, you know, knowing where this goes in the comics, I know I've read this storyline in the comics of Father Gabriel. I think it was right around the time of Beware the Hunters. I, I remember him existing... And besides that, I remember pretty much nothing about his story. So, I'm kind of in the same camp as you, except I don't remember where it's going. I, I have a vague inkling at the back of my head of thinking I remember something, but that is about it. So, it's actually a lot
0: of fun for me. I'm kind of remembering the character more than the payoff.
1: What do you mean by remembering the the character more than the payoff?
0: I'm remembering the character more than what he's hiding. If he's I mean? hiding like, anything. Because I'm watching it, I'm like, right, if he is indeed hiding anything, but I'm just... I remember the character, and I remember, the, you know, but I don't remember, you know, what the the end game is on him. I guess right, same here. I should say,
2: I I do remember what's going on with him, and what it is 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 with what our group's been through on TV. It just doesn't seem to be as shocking as unless they're going to pull something out that wasn't in the book. So, but it right it it's more of a little self contained story of it was kind of a segue in the comics of them moving on to D.C. So, you know, I don't know that this is a super uber important story other than what we see with the Hunters.
1: Right. And I think it's kind of cool that they're they're intermingling them because, you know, it gives them a place of refuge. At the same time, it gives them this horrifying thing that's happening out in the woods. Rick has a a small conversation with Carl uh, in the church before they go out on the supply run to the food bank. Um, cause Gabriel says it's overrun, so he hasn't been able to go there yet. And, uh, we saw a clip of this in the trailer, but it's basically Rick just saying to Carl, Carl, you're a man now. I get it. You stay here and protect, you know, everybody while I go off on this mission with some of the others, but no matter what anyone tells you, you are not safe. You know, always keep your guard up. You know, things can go bad in an instant. doesn't matter if you've swept the entire building and there's no zombies anywhere. There's no people anywhere. It can go down so fast and so bad, you just need to be ready. And Carl kind of turns that around and says, yep, I get that, but also remember, Dad, not everybody out there is a terrible monster. Yes, there are a lot of terrible monsters, but you have to be trusting sometimes a little bit. And they both seem to kind of take what they've said in stride and uh, treat each other like adults, and it's all very refreshing.
2: I think they should have some sort of group manual some sort of a guide of things that they need to remember. And that conversation is like, should be engraved on the inside of the cover or something. I mean, duh, all this time, no one is safe. Doesn't matter. No one is safe. Even if you're with somebody you've trusted for a long time, you never know when in this kind of environment, somebody's just going to snap, you know? So you're never
0: ever safe. I think this is really reflective too of the, Massive changes in relationship that you know Carl and Rick have had to one another since the beginning of the series up until now. I mean the same thing happened in the comic obviously, you know, but we're really seeing them not maybe not as equals, but at least having a newfound respect for one another and kind of maybe a more cohesive outlook. It's that moment in
1: you know, a father son relationship where the father finally has to accept that his son is a adult and is a separate person. You know, like they're not always going to agree with everything but you can't just take it as, do it because I said so. You now have to treat them like a human being, which is, you know, it, it's a real it's a thing in real life. It's a thing in stories, and I'm glad after so many seasons of get in the house, Carl, stay here, Carl. I hate you, Dad. I love you, Dad. I hate you, Dad, that now we're finally to this point. And, and I think it progresses even farther in the episode, we'll get to it, but where Carl starts picking up yeah. uh, some detective roots, which is nice. So Rick, Michonne, Bob, Sasha, and Gabriel go to the food bank. Um, they get there and they find that the kind of similar to last season's opener, actually, you know, the the water has seeped through the ceiling through a hole, rotted out the roof, rotted down through the first uh, floor, you know, floor. And there's now a giant hole through the roof into the basement and the basement is flooded. It looks like maybe a sewer pipe burst. There's zombies down there. There's canned food down there. It looks horrific. I would say, even compared to the end of the episode, this was the thing that grossed me out the most. Just that water.
0: Oh, come on. Rotting flesh and sewer water? Why would that gross you out? It's
1: like, I don't even care if that food's in double canned. You know, I'm not touching that food. That's just, that's bad news. You know, cholera, I'm worried about cholera and Ebola more than I'm worried about zombies at that point. <laughs>
2: Ebola, yeah. I, 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 oh, oh, only if one of those zombies down there w- in real life was named Stu, you know, that would make it. <laughs> even...
1: uh, of course, yeah. Stu was our well walker from season
0: two. That
2: was the well, yeah, that was the zombie. That was oh, yeah, out. that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about him. Yeah.
1: So they decide to go down there into the murky depths, which is just a terrible idea, but they're doing it in a smart way. They use the... the um, you know, kind of racks with food on them to block the zombies. Kind of almost like the fences at the prison or terminus, where you can just stab through them and the zombies can't get you. By the way, these are some of the coolest looking zombies we've ever had. They're not even just waterlogged like Stu from season two, but they're, they're like the flesh is falling off them. They refer to it on Talking Dead like you know falling off the bone. And, and somebody who makes ribs like Jim, um, you know it's it's something <laughs> it's something like that. And it's they look skeletal. You know, there's bone revealed in places. Some, I mean, props to the special. Effects team because these were really impressive zombies, and even with the, like the the CGI effects, um, when they when they kill that last zombie, and it's like all of its skin falls off its head, and then the brain you know the brain explodes, and the skull you know fragments go everywhere, like really cool looking all around.
0: It's got to be challenging to them to come up with new looks for zombies week after week after week. Absolutely, but yeah. These these definitely were more impressive than than our garden variety zombies from last week.
2: It made me start to question, though, just in my mind, I, I, not for the show itself, is is at what point of rot will a zombie no longer be a viable zombie or walker anymore? Because, I mean, at some point, especially when they're waterlogged like that, that, that muscle is going to fall off the bone, The, you know, it, I, I'm assuming that the basic function that's still going on in that zombie brain is still motorizing the muscles and whatnot, at what point does that stop?
1: I mean, if I had to guess, I'd say, you know, brain's the most important, then tendons, then muscles, anything beyond that's kind of expendable. Um, And I'd say everything beyond that is kind of what was expended in this episode. And they still had those three main things left. But I I agree with you. I'm curious about that question as well. But I mean then I'd still be worried about like what if there's just like these zombies that can't move that are on the bottom of that water but they're still that the jaw what tendons I was thinking.
0: are working, you know. They can still bite you.
1: Right, exactly.
0: <laughs> Ankle biters.
1: Like that just seemed like a bad idea all around. That water's so murky, you can't see what's on the bottom.
0: Well, okay. yeah, and
2: here's my comment to that too. Okay, so they're in this town that's pretty much abandoned now. Um, this town had to have had a hardware store of some type in it. I mean our group is much smarter than this. You would think that they would take the time to devise some sort of a pulley system or some way that they could lower people down just to get the stuff off of those shelves. Or just something other than going in that water. I just, I can't understand why that was their first idea was let's go in the water and block ourselves with these shelves. You don't know what's in that water. There could be zombie sharks down there for all you know people. (laughs) Nice. With freaking lasers on their head. But, I mean, I just... I, I thought that that was a bad idea that that's the first thing they went with. I mean, you know? I, I
1: can kind of get behind that they see that there's only a few zombies and they know they can take them out, but still, it's that water. It's the unknown right there. That's... You know, like Rick just said, you're not safe. That's <laughs> super exactly. not safe. But, you know, whatever. It's the apocalypse. You gotta do what you gotta do. So they're down there, <laughs> then Bob gets grabbed by a zombie And he gets pulled underwater, they bring him up, they kill the zombie. It looks like he's fine, but we'll get into that later, whether he is or not. Um, And then they get the hell out of there with all the food. Or as much food as they can get out of there, at least on the rolling carts.
2: I have to say that, um, I don't know, maybe it's just a a sad exposition to what goes on in my mind. But um, first thought I had when I saw her walking with the glasses on, I was like, Oh, it's Felicity Walker, as seen on Arrow. Uh-huh. Felicity.
1: Oh, I was thinking I you were talking about the show Felicity. <laughs> yeah, no. I was too
0: for a second. Now I realized oh. you meant Felicity from Arrow. Yeah. It's <laughs> funny. Know, you know, when you see that the cast has gotten this large, I mean, when the whole group was together, like right when they meet uh, Father uh, Gabriel or whatever, you know somebody's going to be going down pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and then when Bob got taken out or, or went through this, I'm like, yep, okay, well, it's been nice, Bob. <laughs>
1: So, they get back to the church, and Carl starts showing Rick some of the things he's found. Like I said, he went in kind of detective mode. He found deep, deep scratches near a window that looked like they were made with a knife. Um, it looks like somebody was trying to get into the church. And they also found, scratch into the side of the building uh, around the corner, the phrase, you'll burn in hell for this. So, they still don't have anything concrete against Gabriel, but, you know, there's circumstantial evidence starting to uh, appear.
0: Right, it isn't just zombies scratching at the doors and windows. Somebody, you know, an intelligence had to have written that. Right, right. Yep.
1: Uh, Meanwhile, Glenn, Maggie, and Tara are in a nearby town looking through a gun store. Um, They find three firearm silencers in the freezer. And uh, (laughs) we have a nice little moment with uh, Glenn, who apparently tripped because he was scared by some mops and some buckets um, and thought they were a zombie. But uh, he, he does make the comment, or I forget who makes the comment exactly to Tara, but, you know, the thing about the apocalypse, you know, everything worth finding is still hidden or something like that. Um, when you're scavenging, everything is, everything out there is still hidden. And we'll get to that later, of course. Um, and then Daryl and Carol are walking down a road as they're also scavenging and they found some water. Uh, and they find a car that is not working, but there is a, a kind of a, what do you call those? It's a thing that will basically restart your battery. It's a, it's a last minute battery jump starter in the trunk of the yeah. car.
2: It's called a starter.
1: Okay, and they decide yeah. <laughs> to uh, save that for later, just in case things uh, go south at the church um, that night. The group is celebrating uh, at the church. Uh, they're you know eat, drinking some of the communion wine. They're eating some of the recently you know, found food, and uh, Abraham decides this is the perfect time to make his uh, make his speech about the group and basically say, "Look, I'm happy you found all your people. You're all good people." You're all survivors. You're strong. You've made it this far for a reason. But is that all you want to be? Do you want to do you want to just survive for the rest of your lives? Or do you want to come with me and come with Eugene, come with Rosita and help possibly save the world? And maybe it's the food. Maybe it's being together again. Maybe it's the wine. But uh, Rick pipes up and says, you know what? We're going to do it. And everyone had already pretty much said earlier in the episode, hey, we like your plan, but we're sticking with Rick. So whatever Rick does, what's, that's what we're doing. And so now that Rick has said he's in, that means everybody else is in as well.
2: Well, Rick was just agreeing with baby Judith is all.
0: <laughs> it's her fault. She had the, the deciding veto. I was waiting for Rick to confront him with some of what he had learned at the CDC. You remember, like, back in the CDC episode with... um.
2: True, yeah. With, right.
0: With Noah American stuff, like with Jenner. I thought maybe you know we would finally find out what Jenner whispered to him after all this time or you know No, some... we
1: we know what that was. It was that everyone's I... affected.
0: Oh right, I'm sorry. Um yeah. or we would find I thought there would be like maybe some some he would at least mention it, you know what I mean, because From you know, from what Jenner had told him, you know, none of that, you know, there there are no contingencies left. You know what I mean, for them to to try to exploit the way Eugene and Abraham are talking about.
2: Well, Eugene's Mm -hmm. thing was is he was part of some super secret genome project or something, right? It was the human genome project. So so not particularly secret, but (laughs) Well, yeah, but I mean I don't know that the C D C would have Privy to all that information. I don't know, but this scene, or actually a scene before this one, leads me to a question for you guys, okay? Him bringing this up, Abraham bringing up, will you come with us, is this what he was referring to when he was talking to Rosita and said, you know, we'll bide our time till till, till it's our time, or we have our chance, or something like that? Or are they planning something? It's a good
1: question. I'd like to think that he was meaning, you know, we'll bide our time until it's time to strike and sway everyone through words. But I guess only time will tell on that one.
2: I mean, I just, I don't want, I mean, I know there's going to be tension at some point, but I just don't, I, I don't want them to be some underhanded thing, you know, that they've changed them into the, the, any kind of underhanded characters. Cause you know, they, I mean, so far we, we've not gotten the really good, abraham and eugene yet and we've already had some good stuff from them but i mean there's so much more cool stuff to come if they
0: stick with what's going on in the books i didn't think he was gonna like you know i didn't think it was anything underhand i just thought, you know he was waiting for the right moment to try to to sway rick and he knew he had to sway rick because that's you know the rest of the group said they were going to do what rick was going to do so
1: and if that I doesn't thought, work cut and run
0: you know yeah yeah well that's
2: that's what I'm hoping it is It's just the way he the way he delivered that line to her uh, we'll we'll bide our time or whatever it was he said it just it it struck me the wrong way. I'm like, wait a minute, what are they doing
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm also in the church uh Tara comes clean to Maggie about being there with the governor, and Maggie also forgives her so forgiveness all around
0: again more more plotline house cleaning you know right.
1: Oh, I also wanted to say I was forgetting this, but you know, talking about the CDC and the Human Genome Project, I, I think it's important to note the distinction that the CDC was talking more about finding a way to cure this problem, mm-hmm. whereas Eugene's plan, at least as he phrased it last week, is not even really curing the problem; it's releasing another d- disease to kill the zombies.
0: And- I would just think someone. I would just think you know if there was that big of a. Um you know, something on hand you know on hand for the like government. I don't know. I just expected Rick to say something about it because it's something that didn't happen in the comics, you know, so there was no reason for him to bring it up with Abraham and Eugene then. So I was kind of expecting him to say at least something about it this time because it kind of related. So. Right. Or maybe just in my mind, I guess.
1: Also throughout this episode, I should have mentioned it earlier, but we've seen that what was only kind of hinted at previously is a, a thing Bob and Sasha... Uh, ha- have the hots for each other. And so they they have some nice little moments throughout the episode, which should have been our first clue that something was about to go terrible and probably was for a lot of viewers, including myself. But um, in the church, uh, Bob uh, Bob and Sasha have a nice little moment and then she goes over to hold the baby and uh, they kiss one last time and then he makes his way outside where he starts crying. Meanwhile, Carol kind of distances herself from the group as well and she makes her way back out to that car because she's i'd say kind of in a panic mode she doesn't know what to do she's been on her own for so long but she goes to that car and starts it up and daryl comes out and 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 reveals that you know he's been following her basically and uh, tries to talk her into coming back when a car flies by and it's the same car that uh, or it seems to be the same car that kidnapped beth last season and so they knock out the lights on the car and they go to follow that car
2: Now, do you think Bob went outside to cry because of what happened earlier or the fact that everybody was drinking wine but him?
1: (laughs) Well, I have thoughts about that. But do we have any thoughts about the Carol, Daryl, Beth car situation before we get into the Bob stuff? Because that's going to wrap up our episode or wrap up our plot discussion.
2: I, 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 I mean, obviously, it's tied to what happened with Beth. But I don't think it really gave us enough information to really, you know,
0: deep dive into yet. Yeah, it's not, nothing conclusive other than they saw the car go by that he saw before.
1: Do you think we'll get a whole uh, Daryl and Carol-centric episode of just them on the road tracking this group? Or do you think it'll be cut back and forth with the other storylines?
0: I, th- I think it would be a smart play for them to maybe break off a couple of them in the smaller groups. And Daryl and Carol seem to be an obvious you know, choice with this plot line uh, because they have so many in the cast now. Um, rather than trying to you know, give everyone their thirty seconds you know, in the story, maybe it'd be better to have one episode you know, focusing on them and they're tra- you know, tracking down Beth uh, while the rest of them deal with the, you know Gabriel. Right. Yeah,
2: I'd be fine with that because uh, you know I really liked. I mean, I think that there was one or two many last season, but I really liked the separate episodes that they had the second half of the fourth season. Um, it just, it gave us a lot more of the characters. And yeah, so if they did that again, just not quite as many. Um, also, the context is it.
1: a little different. Like the context last season was, will they ever find each other again? Where the, the right. context of this is, we have a mission to go out and complete. Right. But to get back to Bob, uh, Bob, like we said, crying, goes out into the to the backyard of the church. And uh, he, he's crying up against a tree when all of a sudden someone knocks him out. And uh, he wakes up. And finds himself—well, first you see kind of cloudy, you know, images of everybody else, but you can see the Terminus people, including Martin from last week's episode, which we can get into in a second. Um, And then uh, Gareth comes over and has this conversation again, this isn't who we want to be, this is who we have to be, yada, yada, yada. And then basically concludes with him saying a line directly out of the comics, which is, a man's gotta eat— as the camera pulls back and we see that Bob's leg has been cut off and the terminus folks, or should we just call them at this point, the hunters are eating his leg as he screams and the episode ends.
0: Now was Bob, Bob wasn't bitten before in the, in the, in the raid.
1: We don't know.
0: or yeah, We're he? not we sure. I
1: mean, comics readers, comics readers have a thought based on something that has happened in the book, but mm-hmm. we don't know if that's, the same in the show or if it's going to be completely different or if it's right. only partially different. We don't know for sure that he was bitten in that raid, but I would question if he was not bit, why in the world was he so focused on getting one last kiss and then going out to cry?
2: That's I that's why I mean I assumed he was. That's why he was out there crying. Is is what I thought cuz he realized he's now you know, reaching the end. Right, yeah.
1: It's my, my thought of thinking he was bitten. It has nothing to do with the comic. It's based on literally what we'd seen up in the episode up to the point where he was crying.
2: Right. Now, I have a question, and maybe it's just me looking too much into what's on screen there, but what is with the marks in the trees? Like, the tree I... that he got knocked out by there was a line, and then another tree with, with two lines coming off of it, then, then another tree that you see whenever... Whatever the scene of of him and Gareth talking, another tree. There's a long, just a straight line chiseled into the tree. I, I don't know if maybe that's just something we're not supposed to see, or if it's actually means something in the show. But I found it kind of odd that it was in two places this episode.
1: I think it could be to be connected to the whole um, Morgan thing, possibly.
0: With the hobo um, signs?
1: Yeah, and also, you know, markings on trees to mark, like, property lines are fairly common, you know, especially in, in the south and stuff, more rural These look
2: kind of fresh, though.
1: Right, but my also thought is, and this goes into the scene we see for next week's episode in Talking Dead, and no spoilers here, but we do see another character standing by that tree, and it could just be the, the tree in the backyard, and it could be just to give us a very clear... Um, sense of context and surrounding just so we know that this character is standing in the same place that another character was standing in previously it could be as simple as that or it could be a story reason
2: now I do know because I, I could go look up more hobo code I looked up hobo <laughs> code last week I, I honestly and the X inside a circle means two different things it means sanctuary and, or X means sanctuary and with the circle it's sanctuary and there are hand, free handouts available
1: Okay. That's cool. And oh, that certainly plays into the story.
2: Yeah, so now I'm going to have to look up and see what the line with the two little ones off the end mean.
1: And is it connected to Agents of Shield in any way?
2: Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> For more on that, listen to our It's All Connected Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, also right. at hhwlod.com. So yeah, Bob uh, Bob is getting eaten by the uh, by the termites. Obviously. And there's now for anyone who is still denying it there's no question they're definitely cannibals. I think most people were on board by last week's episode what if not it? earlier. I was gonna say but it is 100% week. absolutely clear at this point. They are cannibals.
0: After last week what other conclusion could you draw? Really? <laughs> exactly.
1: They just really hated people and were very efficient about killing them, I don't know. Right. But Soilet I, I green had seen some people, still questioning people.
2: it. Yes exactly.
1: So before we get to the Nielsen ratings and our thoughts and our listeners' thoughts on the episode, uh, Rich, why don't you tell the fine folks about our wonderful sponsor?
2: Well, our sponsor is DCBS, Discount Comic Book Service. And let me tell you, if you like comics and you like saving money, this is where you need to go. Uh, you can get up to 30, 40, sometimes 50% off of your monthly comics, as well as um, uh, trade paperbacks, toys, statues, you know, anything your little geeky, nerdy heart desires. They pretty much will have on there at a very good discounted rate. Uh, usually, you can get um, your Walking Dead hardcore, Covers at around thirty percent off. Uh, some of the trades come out are thirty and forty percent off, and then of course the monthly floppies, as they come out, are definitely you know uh, 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 steal as and you're getting them way off the newsstand cover, if you will. Um, so be sure to go check them out at DCBService.com. Once again, Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com.
1: And we thank them very much for their continued support of the show.
0: Keep yes. them in mind for all your holiday zombie needs.
1: Absolutely, and, and with Halloween coming up, uh, you want some Walking Dead t-shirts, all that kind of stuff, it's cool.
2: And if you don't have anyone to buy for, just tweet me at chubtoad01, I'll give you my address, you can send me whatever you'd like.
1: <laughs> so, gentlemen, what were your thoughts on this episode? Jim, why don't you start us off? What are your buster ratings? Of course, out of 1 to 5, 1 being the lowest, 5 being the highest
0: first of all, I just want to say, I want Michonne to get her katana back. Yes. Or some sort of katana. I mean, I know there was this thing where she felt like she was okay without it or whatever, but I really wanted to have it back. I think it will be like, you know, Luke getting his lightsaber back at the Jabba palace scene in return of the Jedi. It will be a cool moment. Um, I really enjoyed this episode again, like I said, there's some plot line um, house cleaning going on, which I really appreciated. I'm glad they just didn't let that stuff go. Um, the the you know, the action scenes were good. The payoff at the end, of course, was incredible. Um, as, you know, seeing again another, you know, great scene from the comic recreated in the show like that, but kind of shuffled around in a different way. I really really enjoyed that. Um, I give the episode a four point five, same as I gave uh, last week's episode Again, I really enjoyed a good mix of of character stuff and action.
1: Rich, what are your thoughts on the episode?
2: Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Like I said at the beginning, was there was a little bit in the middle of a lull, but it, you know, it made it paid off and made perfect sense by the end of the episode. And and to what Jim was saying, I agree. Michonne without her sword, just something isn't right. And I I actually kind of got a little angry. When she kind of just blew it off as, eh, it wasn't mine to begin with anyway. Lady, that's your signature piece right there. You need that back. And my hopes are that Gareth has it, and after Rick puts the red-handled uh, machete through his skull, gets it back for Michonne. So, uh, uh, as far as the ending of this, I thought the uh, the Bob's Blue Plate special was really good. I really... Uh, Enjoyed how there were so many moments and scenes in this episode that seemed to pull right off the page of the comic book, and uh, definitely some of you, some of Kirkman's uh, best writing, and uh, very well shot, very well done. Um, it, it, it was you know i kind of wanted that intensity of last week to continue but the way that this kind of brought you down to a certain level and then crescendoed back at the end to what we had was it it was very well done uh i I'd, I'd say a good 4
1: Aaron couldn't make it to the episode tonight, but he wanted us to add that he thought the opening was a little spotty, but the episode was overall pretty terrific. And, of course, you can find his full written review at theyoungfolks.com. Just search for Aaron North, and you'll be able to find it pretty, pretty easily. Um, As for me, I liked the episode quite a bit, um, especially that ending. Like I said, it's one of my favorite storylines from the comics. I can't wait to see it play out over the next episode or a few episodes. But that was thrilling for me. I was a little bit iffy on Gabriel's performance. Um, I, it was one of those weird performances where I couldn't tell, at least from this episode, whether I loved it or hated it. I kept going back and forth for me over was whether it was too over the top or whether it was believable or what. I think only time's going to tell on that one. I, I'm holding at a very uh, average uh, feeling for him. I, I don't hate him. I don't love him. But it's going to be one of the two by the end of, of his run on the show, I think. We'll see. I'm going to give it a four and a half, very solid episode. Yes, it had that kind of lull in the middle, but I think that was very important thematically as a con before the storm. And that storm, if it's anything close to the comics, is is going to be awesome. So uh, 4.5 out of 5 for me. But Jim... Who cares what we think? What did our listeners think? And, of course, listeners, if you are new to the show, you can go to Facebook.com and check out the Walking Dead TV Facebook group and uh, chime in with your thoughts there and discussion all throughout the week of all kinds of Walking Dead stuff.
0: The Walking Dead TV podcast is the name of the group on the Facebook. You might have heard of the Facebooks. It's real popular with the kids these days. Uh, Not only can you get all the news that we can find about The Walking Dead, a lot of, uh, again, interesting discussions going on there. And um, and as um, Jordan mentioned, uh, you can get a link directly from there to the Young Folks Review that Aaron has done for um, all the episodes of The Walking Dead straight from our Facebook group. Uh, Thanks to Everard, Santa Marina, for putting out our uh, Buster Ratings uh, thread this week. I have been busier than a one-legged man at a buck kinky contest and did not have time to do so. So I appreciate that to him, uh, for uh, from him. Um, we have a ton of really uh, great, great comments about this episode. Uh, first off, from Everard, sent Marina himself. Oh, I wish I could be so succinct. Uh, 4.25 old flames uh, wilting in a flooded basement out of 5. Uh, I missed some of the significance of the dialogue as the reunited party sorted out petty grievances. Um, what are there, like 15 people plus Gabriel? This party is huge, though. Uh, They managed to, okay, from a plot perspective, from Yes, logistically. This will be a very difficult group to manage on an ongoing basis, and we still have Beth to track down. Kind of the same point we made in our discussion of the episode. I mean, it's a big group that they're dealing with now, and maybe breaking it off into smaller cells to kind of break up the storyline might be a good idea. I thought it had good pacing, a suspenseful story, and still had good character building. I'm a little puzzled why Carol didn't want to hang with the group, but again, I'll give him some rope. It seemed to work out, and of course they spotted the car with best subductors. Mike Jones gives it five cannibal holocausts out of five. Now this episode fired on all cylinders. We have the hunters via Terminus. Think about what it must have been like for Bob to wake up and find out his characters were eating parts of you. Uh, this is one of those instances of a perfect episode showing the true potential of the series. Uh, Monica Smith on his detail for bar- a barbecue bob legs out of five I think they did a good job of the characters coming clean with things but Tyrese let it go man please when it's done is done <laughs> I really think Carol's about to leave the group before Daryl caught up with her still wondering why Bob left the church crying I thought it was because he got bit didn't want to tell Sasha since they are eating him but since they are eating him I don't know also is Father Gary- Gabriel a character in the comic yes uh, Monica he is um, Trisha Terrell Collins, I will post first. I will go with four out of five quest for fire meals. Mm, good. Uh, max. So for four out of five canned food drives, there's nothing I can say without giving all spoilerific, but I totally called this. And I'm tickled to death. They're going this route. I'd say Bob was bit. And you know what that means? Uh, though, there was a discussion going on, whether in, uh, between Nick Muse, Mike Jensen, some of our other listeners as to whether, um, uh, first of all, they're done with TV Tyrese <laughs> and whether Bob was bit or not So, uh, Ter- Mary Tarpaccia 4.5 4. Bob is the new Dales <laughs> it was a solid 4 until the barbecue, sorry Bob I love the hunters and announced the, the comic Michonne needs their sword back it's not the same scene you use anywhere else and uh, W T F Tyrese <laughs> so uh, let's see um, Jason, uh, there's also discussion about Tyrese leaving uh, Martin alive uh, as was called by Chubb and Aaron on the last episode. So, good call there. Vindicated. I wanted to add
1: there, um, uh, yeah, apparently I was wrong, but I did like on Talking Dead, uh, Chad Coleman, who plays Tyrese, was saying, and I don't know if he was saying for him or for the character, but regardless, he thought Martin was dead. And from what, I, what what I got from him is he was saying he thought he had beaten him to death. The fact that he's still alive is a surprise to him. So he may have tried to kill him, and just not succeeded. And it may not have been an actual lie, but just a, <laughs> a misunderstanding with uh, life and death, shall we say.
0: But we'll see. Terry Bernard, fist bump, enough said. Uh, Max Silver agreed that that was pretty awesome.
1: I, I, I disagree. I liked her a lot, and she lost some points from me for doing fist bumps because fist bumps are dumb, folks. Stop doing them.
0: That's so 2012. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Smith, uh, what a great comic book comparison episode. It's these type of episodes fans of the comic books love to see. You are not safe, Carl. This is quote. Uh, Ian Timms, four out of five fubar magnitudes. Eugene is ace. I can't wait to hear what he has to say next. Uh, and Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington, good solid episode. How many other people felt the same as me at the start of this episode? That Bob was going to get it somehow. From the moment he was showering with Sasha with kisses, I knew. (laughs) I hope he managed to escape from the cannibals and legs it. Poor British humor there. The preacher obviously has something to do with Beth, so looking forward to this story building. I'll give this 4.5 shells full of sewer covered cans of food out of five. (laughs) Can't wait till next week. Uh, Belinda Carcake is uh, four sneaky carols trying to escape out of five. It was solid. And uh, if you would like to let us know what you think of each episode of The Walking Dead, again, it's very simple to do. Just go to the Facebooks, dial them in on your local interwebs, and go to The Walking Dead TV podcast group, and you too can join in all the fun.
1: As for the Nielsen ratings, this week's episode had 15.143 million total viewers, with 9.796 among adults 18 to 49, which is the most important uh, demographic for uh, television advertisements, and a 7.7 in the rating, which is a little bit down from last week, but that's fairly standard with uh, premieres and and, uh, finales. They're generally higher than everything else, but still extremely solid ratings, uh, higher than pretty much anything else on television. So very, very
2: good there.
0: It just keeps snowballing bigger and bigger. It just seems, you know it's the opposite of every other uh show on television. You know, they start big and lose, you know, viewers by attrition. This is just the opposite. It was the same way with a comic too. It started out with a very small audience and just kept growing and growing and growing. So it's you know the the trend that we've seen in this show that bucks all like, you know, normal conventional thought and trending in, in television. So here here another fifteen years of this show is what I say. <laughs>
2: I want this show to keep going until Judith is the leader of the group. <laughs> Rock
1: on. So, I think that's it for our discussion of this week's episode. We have a little bit to say about next week's episode, but we're going to close out everything first uh, for anyone who doesn't want to be and have any spoilers even close to them. So... You can leave us a voicemail at 972-798-3830, that's 972-798-3830, we'd love to hear from you, or send us an email, comments at walkingdeadtv.com, or, you know, just send us messages the same way most people do, which is on the Facebook group, Uh, just search Walking Dead TV Podcast on Facebook. Check out HHWLOD.com for all of our great shows like Half Hour Wasted, The Long Box of Doom, The Black Box, Out Now, uh, the Ichapod Cranecast, DCTV, um, It's All Connected, to Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, and many, many more. Uh, if it's awesome, if it's nerdy, we've probably got a show on it that you would enjoy. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at WDTV Podcast and at HHWLOD underscore network. I'm at Jordan FRM Jersey. Rich is at chubtoad 01. And Jim is at Yoda Jones. And so until there's no more room left in Hell and in the Dead Walk the Earth, remember, a man's got to eat. Have a great week, everybody. And next week on The Walking Dead, if you don't want to know anything at all, skip out now. Uh, But next week's episode is entitled Four Walls and a Roof. And the very brief synopsis we have from TV Guide is Rick and the group find themselves pitted against some very nasty people. Well, duh.
2: (laughs) I love how descriptive that is. I'm on the edge (laughs) of my seat.
1: And from the previews of next week's episode, it looks like uh, at least a large chunk of the Hunter's arc will take place next episode. Um and I'm, I'm very excited about that. I can't reiterate it enough. It's one of my favorite storylines from the comic. It's awesome.
2: What what happened in the the next week stuff at the end of the episode? Because I remember seeing what I saw in Talking Dead for their scene, but I can't remember. what ha- I must have missed what... Well, it was the like Sasha coming.
1: saying three of us are missing, which I'm assuming is Bob, Daryl, and, and Carol, and lots of, you know, get em and that kind of stuff.
2: I'm going to have to go back and, yeah, because I must have completely missed that because I don't remember seeing that. I remember seeing the, you know, on the talking Dead. so. But, right, right. Which looks cool.
1: Alrighty, have a good week, folks. Cannot wait till next week's episode.